We're going to sing together 734, sowing in the morning, sowing seeds of kindness, sowing in the noontide and the dewy eaves, waiting for the harvest and the time of reaping. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. again, O oh, then ever weeping, sowing for the Master, though the loss sustained our spirit often grieves. When our weeping's over, he will bid us welcome. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. That's the guarantee of the Lord. The sheaves will be brought in. Let's sing it heartily to the Lord's name. Let's pray together. Almighty God, it is with a sense of joy and thanksgiving that we enter the courts of our God in the Savior's name. We come to this meeting tonight rejoicing in the Lord and his goodness, his provision, the fulfillment of his exceeding great promises. And Lord, when we think of the harvest, thou hast promised that seed time and harvest will not fail. While the Lord tarries in this world, while there is a sun and the moon in the sky, God will be ever faithful in the bringing in of the spiritual and the physical harvest. And for this we give thee thanks. 
Remember the promise and the, the covenant promise that God made with Noah when he set the bow in the sky. And Lord, it reminds us of your faithfulness to us to this very day. We look around the church and we see the tokens of your goodness and all these things that have been brought in to, to decorate the church for the occasion. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness in bringing in the harvest again in the past year, an abundant harvest. We bless you, Lord, despite so much that's going on in this world, the raging war in Ukraine and all the spin-off from that, the problems that that has brought through the nations of the world. Yet our God has been faithful, and we thank you for that. We rejoice that we have food on the table every day. There's bread and enough to spare. And Lord, every day we sit down and we partake of the good things that God has provided. And so, Lord, we want to acknowledge this harvest weekend that thou hast been good and gracious towards us as a people in the physical and the temporal sense. But, Lord, we want to bless thee for this spiritual harvest, the gathering in of souls to Christ. And we think of this hymn that speaks about the weeping we are reminded of the Psalm 126 and when God moved and God turned the captivity of his people, there was blessing and the thought there at the end of that Psalm, going forth weeping, bearing the precious seed, how that we shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. And Lord, this year you've been gracious to us. We thank you for souls that have been saved. Thank you for young people that sought the Lord. Thank you for those children that came to Christ at our Sunday school camp. And Lord, these things are in our minds as we think of the, the spiritual aspect of the harvest. Now we look to this weekend of the harvest meetings. We look to the, the commencement of our gospel mission in the town hall. And Lord, we're looking for that spiritual harvest again for the Lord to come and to speak to men and women and young people in this district. Some of them, Lord, have been long prayed for. Oh, it's been years. Some family members have been wept over. Lord, may this be their time. May this be the season that God will move and that he will gather in many unto Christ, bring them in from the fields of sin, bring wandering ones to Jesus, we pray. We commit this service to thee. Remember the choir as they come shortly to minister in song. We thank you for them. Thank you for the gifts and the talents that you've given to them. And we know that we will be blessed as we listen to their ministry tonight. Bless those that are listening in online. May they be encouraged too just where they are. And remember those that can't be with us because of ill health. We think especially of the sick of the congregation. Take a moment to remember the preacher. Thank thee for our brother, Reverend Anderson, tonight. Thank thee for the days that he was here with us, assisting, going around the, the homes, preaching the word. We thank you, Lord, for these initial years now in Ochnacloy, and we pray that thou will bless him there, continue to bless him there. And as he comes to minister the word tonight, Oh, God, fill him with God, the Holy Spirit. Give him words to say that will be a real blessing to everyone that's gathered here. Lord, your word is something that's very powerful. In fact, your word is described as being quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, we pray that that's how it will come to our hearts tonight with that quickness. It's the living word. And with that sharpness of the sword, and may we feel the very power of the Word of God within. So we commit <coughs> our way to Thee now in the Word as we come around it later. Bless our souls as we wait in Your house for Jesus' sake. Amen. We are delighted to have our Hebron choir to minister in song over the weekend. They'll be singing tonight. God willing, they'll be singing tomorrow morning. And they'll be singing at the Gospel Mission. So we'll ask the choir to come and minister in song just now. Thank you.
Thank you to the choir. We listen to that tonight and we can say in the words of the hymn that they've been singing, we are so blessed and we are so blessed to have such a choir as they come together to sing, minister to the Lord. And we've enjoyed all those pieces tonight. May the Lord make them a real blessing to every one of you. I want to bid you welcome in the Saviour's name on this Saturday night, a harvest weekend. We have a few visitors with us, and it's always good to have visitors. If you're tuning in on the internet, we're glad to have you too. And uh, Pastor Peter Craig's with us, and you're welcome as always. We know you're busy these days now, you've got your own ministry, but Saturday night allows you to come. That is, if you're prepared for tomorrow, which I'm sure you are. Uh, sometimes preachers have to burn uh, the, the candle late at night and early in the morning, but good to have everyone here this evening. <coughs> we want to welcome our preacher, Reverend Simon Anderson. He was student assistant here with us. He got the call to Ock McCloy. He's been ministering there. We hear good reports of his pastoral work there, his preaching, and we're looking forward to his ministry tonight. You pray for him. Harvest supper will be served tonight. There's something for you to eat. We want you to stay if you can and enjoy. Uh, I think there's apple tart there, which is very nice at the harvest weekend. I know some of my grandchildren are looking forward to that, and I'm sure you are as well. Thank you, ladies, for providing what we're going to eat this evening. I want to sincerely thank those who provided the flowers, the fruit, the vegetables, and those who came to decorate the church. They've done a beautiful job, as I'm sure you'll agree. When you come into the uh, porch tonight, you were able to see uh, all the artistic work and round about the church as well. Thank you in the Saviour's precious name. Do you remember the prayer meeting in the morning? Uh, let's rise and seek the Lord together for his blessing on the final harvest service and then the mission beginning. Let's come to pray. We have a lot to pray about. Um, we need to really get before God. It's only those that go forth weeping, bearing the precious seed that will come again rejoicing, bringing the sheaves uh, with us. So unless we go forward according to God's word and we go forward in prayer, we go forward with sincerity, we go forward with that broken heart, well, then we'll not see the work that we desire. But when we do it God's way, we know that we'll have God's blessing. We think of our Sunday school, 10.30, the Bible class at a quarter to 11. The Harvest Thanksgiving service, the worship service at 12 noon. Dr. John Douglas will be here to preach. And the Hebrew Choir will be back again to minister in song. Remember us as we travel to, to Larne, we're preaching at their Harvest Mission at 11.30 tomorrow morning. We were there on Wednesday night. Uh, Mr. Douglas was there Thursday and Friday night. And I return on uh, the Sabbath morning, tomorrow morning. Then we come back in the evening time at 7 for the mission. Do remember the seasons of prayer. We'll mention that just in a moment. But again, we're glad that the choir will be able to sing tomorrow evening. And we hope to be preaching uh, most of the nights at this mission. We value your prayers and your intercessions and uh, come along to seek the Lord with us. The banner is up, the gospel mission, just a very simple advert outside the town hall announcing that the mission is taking place over the next two weeks and the Monday to Friday at 8 o'clock and then, of course, Sundays at 7. Uh, so there's a bit closer look at the, the banner, which I, I think that was last night when we came home from Presbytery. We went down, so that's why it's a wee bit duller because it was taken... Uh, with just the lights that were shining on it. The prayer meetings are half an hour before the regular uh, mission services. So, as I said to you, the MacArthur room, uh, look forward as soon as you go in, you'll see it there, the blue door with the, the window at the top, and it's marked uh, with the sign on it, so you'll not miss it. We've mentioned to you this little area that can be used for disabled drivers uh, if you so require that bringing you on into the town hall and into a lift area that will bring you up to the main auditorium room. We'd like to sincerely congratulate Ryan and Lydia and, of course, the family circle, always very uh, 
aware that there, there are families here that are rejoicing and grandparents that are rejoicing on the birth of their little baby boy, Noah Robert James. And there he is, not even a day old. And uh, we're thankful to the Lord for bringing him into the world. Just heard tonight also that our sister Pearlie had a sister who passed away last evening. And so our thoughts and prayers are with you, sister. May the Lord comfort you and your family members. I think that's all by way of announcement. We sing another hymn before we hear from the preacher, 676. Far and near the fields are teeming with the waves of ripened grain. Far and near the gold is gleaming o'er the sunny slope and plain. Lord of harvest, send forth reapers. Hear us, Lord, to thee we cry. Send them now the sheaves to gather ere the harvest time pass by. When you think of the physical, the Bible uses the physical to describe the spiritual. And as there is a physical harvest to gather in, and there's a great work, you don't get the, the fruit and the corn and all the various items of harvest without diligent work, hard work. Sometimes that is in the winter time in inclement weather. But the harvest comes and it needs to be gathered. And we need workers to gather it in. And we are to pray, as Jesus said to the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. This hymn is reminding us of that very reality. Let's sing it together. encouraged that some of our Ukrainian friends are here tonight. Thank you uh, so much for coming and being part of this service tonight, this harvest service. I'm sorry we don't have any uh, captions for you in your language tonight so that you can understand, but whatever you understand, uh, take it in, be blessed by it, 
We have a guest preacher tonight, the Reverend Simon Anderson, and uh, we've, we've put it into Google Translate. I don't know what that says below, uh, what Google did to him, how it's come out the other end, uh, what he's going to be like, is he going to be a great encouragement or what to you tonight, but I trust that he will be. Uh, Brother Anderson, it's good to have you. We have good memories of you serving the Lord with us here in Balamone. We're going to ask you to come and bring the message now, and may God fill you with his power and grace. Good evening, folks. It's good to see each one here tonight in this special harvest meeting. We're turning in God's Word together in Galatians chapter 5 to Galatians chapter 5. It's great to be here uh, with you to our new fellowship again uh, once more with the folk here in Ballymoney. A privilege also to hear uh, the choir singing in fine tune as always tonight. A blessing uh, to be here with you this evening. I thank Mr. Park for the words of welcome. Galatians chapter 5, commencing to read at the verse 22 this evening. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another, for every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption." But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Amen. And we'll end our reading there at the verse 10. This evening, just with God's Word open before us, we'll just bow momentarily and seek His help just now. Heavenly Father, we do thank Thee and we praise Thee even uh, for all that has taken place in this service already. We thank Thee even for that opportunity to come together as a congregation and sing uh, the hymns of Zion. We thank Thee for the ministry and song of the Hebron Choir here this evening also. But Lord, as we come now to consider Thy Word, we would just pray you be pleased to uh, write thy word upon each and every heart here tonight. Father, I cry, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. And indeed, on each and every one gathered here tonight, hide me far behind the cross. Let none be seen this night. Save Jesus and Jesus only. For these things we ask in our Saviour's name. Amen and amen. Well, we give thanks to the Lord continually for His goodness toward us on a daily basis. At this time of the year, at this autumn season, it is that time when we often come together to give thanks for the faithfulness of God in meeting of our every need, His supplying of our necessities in providing a harvest for another year. 
we lay hold upon him and, and see the outworkings of God's promise. Way back there in Genesis 8 and 22, while the earth remained a seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. The law of the harvest is often brought before us here in the words of Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8. It's often highlighted to us. The words could accurately be called God's forgotten law of the harvest. There in Galatians 6 and 7, 7 and 8, we read, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. These words are clear and they're pointed here for us in God's Word. Nonetheless, there are many today who are still found mocking God, living as they please, living for the world, the flesh, and the devil, living uh, as they wish in this world in which they're found, forgetting altogether of the truth that it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment sowing to the flesh and overlooking the fact that the day of reaping which is promised and the reality of James's words, sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. And it is only men and women when we sow to the Spirit that we will be sure that we will reap that life everlasting. Tell me tonight at the outset of this service, are you sowing to the flesh? Are you living for the world and all its pleasures? And all the things that attract us on a day-to-day basis, are you sowing to the Spirit, living your life sold out for God, having that desire as a believer to go through with God, to go on with God, and to live for Him in these days in which your day and generation is? Galatians 6, 7, and 8 details for us God's forgotten law of the harvest. However, tonight it is to the verse 9 that I want to focus your attention upon for our remaining moments this evening. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I want to just consider tonight with you a promised harvest, a promised harvest, And see firstly with me the exhortation Paul gives. And let us not be weary in well-doing. The exhortation the Apostle Paul gives here is inclusive of himself. And this is very notable. He doesn't say, may you not grow weary. He says, let us. Let us. Let us not be weary in well-doing. He knows all too well the personal battle that it is for him also. He knows all too well the times of weariness come and times when they do come, oftentimes they're unavoidable. It's often said in the work of God that of people involved in God's work that they are weary in the work but not weary of the work. And it is important to highlight here that every believer should be found well-doing or doing good. Let us not be weary in doing good. The life of the child of God is is not simply of being good, but rather it's a life also of doing good. That doesn't mean that adopting a a holier-than-thou attitude, as it were, but rather the true believer ought to be found bearing one another's burdens laying hold of every opportunity presented to them to reach out to those around them, every laying hold of every opportunity then to, to, to do good to those of the household of faith, encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ. You may be, be familiar with these words. Some attribute them to D.L. Moody. Others refer them as John's, John Wesley's rule of life. Regardless of their origin, they bring great challenge to us all. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. And while as believers, we're often referred to in a derogatory fashion 
as those outside in the world, they, they look upon us sometimes and say, you're nothing more than a pack of do-gooders. It is scriptural that the child of God ought to be found doing good to all, both friend and foe. And James reminds us of that very fact, faith without works is dead. The outworking of our justification, of our salvation, should be seen in our works, should be seen in how we live our life. It should be seen, it should be evident to those around us that we've met with Christ. As always, we take our lead as believers from the teaching of Christ. Turn with me for a moment uh, back to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 and the verse 38 We read there, Acts chapter 10 and 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. The work of regeneration and lives ought to be evident to those around us by how we live, by how we act, by how we go about our daily routines. We should be different as the children of God. How we conduct ourselves in the, in the church setting and church life. We find the same precept or principle over in Second Thessalonians 3 and 13. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. However, the meaning of this text goes beyond that of the doing good to others in the tangible in the physical sense. It's doing good in the spiritual sense. This verse is ultimately speaking of well-doing or doing good in accordance with the working of the Spirit of God, reaching out to others with the message of salvation, such as what Paul speaks of to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know not, know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, there is much work to be done for the Lord in this area of Ballymoney. And you know, it is a work that may involve physical help, but ultimately the, the primary aim and the goal is to preach Christ and Him crucified to see a spiritual harvest for God in this area. And you know, we are, we are praying with you as you commence your, your gospel mission even tomorrow and in the days which lie ahead, that the Lord will be pleased to grant a spiritual harvest here in Balamone. to be a great harvest gathered in as you go out and sow the good seed of the gospel. Oh, the devil delights in causing disheartenment, disillusionment, and ultimately discouragement amongst God's people at times. And yet Paul says to the church at Corinth, be steadfast, maintain a steady hand, as it were, on the plow, that you might plow that straight furrow, not looking left nor right, but you plow that straight furrow for the glory of God and for the furtherance of His kingdom. We dare not look back, men and women, but rather we need to be found looking straight ahead. Be unmovable, not dissuaded, but progress forward in the work of God, always abounding, continuing onward with the excitement, that exuberance of looking to the Lord for what he, we will achieve in His name in this place. Tell me you look unto the Lord for what's going to happen even in these days as you commence the mission. As the Lord going to work. Are you looking to Him? Are you looking to Him with excitement, with anticipation, believing that He can answer prayer, He can save souls, He can work in hearts and lives here in Balamone even in these days? Oh yes, we talk about days in the past and days of past blessing, but this is a new day. Are you looking to Him? Are you excited about what the Lord's going to do in His providence? This mission has been rescheduled and it commences tomorrow. Are you waiting on the Lord, excited? about what he's going to do? Are you looking to him, really resting on him? Oh, let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us not grow weary in the furtherance of the gospel, in the presentation of Christ to others. Let us present Christ with love and compassion and genuine concern within our hearts that, with that love for the lost. 
And we see here a promised harvest, the exhortation Paul gives. But see also the occasion that Paul notes, the occasion that Paul notes, for in due season we shall reap. Paul gives this exhortation, and let us not be weary in well-doing. Why? For in due season we shall reap. The occasion that Paul notes this season of reaping ultimately points to the last day, that day when we stand before Christ and the fruit of our labor will be revealed. But this occasion, this season of reaping, oh, we have spring, we, we have summer, we have autumn, we have winter, our four seasons here uh, in Northern Ireland. And as we journey through the winter season, uh, there is that increase in rainfall. The temperature will continue to plummet. There's been that little change even in these past few days. Very soon there'll be that little bit of frost. Maybe around January time there'll be the snow on the ground. You would never know what we get here in Northern Ireland. But we go on with what seems like an eternity, almost believing that the harvest will never come again. Nonetheless, in another few months, the weather will change again once more. The temperatures will increase. The seed planted will bring forth fruit as the harvest season will come again once more. The promised harvest. And as we consider this, we note the occasion that Paul presents to us here. We are reminded that just as there is seasons of nature, so there are those seasons of the soul. There has been much seed planted in this area through many, throughout many, many years in considering the long-standing work of this place here in this corner of the vineyard. We must always remember there'll be a day of reaping, a day of gathering in that season of reaping. It is paramount that we never forget that the Lord of the harvest is the one who remains in charge, not the laborers, the Lord's in charge. The Lord's in control here in this work. You know, we're only privileged as His people that He puts His hand upon us and He gives us opportunity to serve Him, to do something for Him. He has given you an opportunity even in this past days to share a word, to invite someone along to the mission. Turn over with me, if you would, to the Old Testament, to the book of Ruth. To the book of Ruth. We think there of the, the story of Ruth in Ruth chapter 3. And Boaz, we remember how the laborers, they all had their part to play. Ruth chapter 3 in the opening verses, particularly then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast, Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself and anoint thee and put thy raiment upon thee and get thee down to the floor. And so on. There was instructions then given to Ruth by Naomi. But ultimately here what we want to point out tonight is this. Here we see Boaz as a type of Christ, the, the kinsman redeemer, the Lord of the harvest. And you know, despite all the work that had taken place, here we see that the Lord of the harvest, he remained in control. At the, the end of the harvest, it comes there, the winnowing uh, or the thrashing of the wheat there in verse 2 of chapter 3 here in Ruth. But he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. In this chapter 3, it's all about this time on the threshing floor. The winnowing of the wheat is that special task of the master or the Lord of the harvest. The servants, they are prepared in the field. They toil, they work hard in the reaping and the plowing, and the maidens they gather together for the gleaning of the time of harvest. However, it's the Lord of the harvest. He has that special connection here with the threshing, the time of threshing. Oh, everyone else had their part to play there in the field. And there's a part for every one of us, even as God's people, to play in the harvest. Are you playing your part? Are you fulfilling the opportunities that the Lord has given to you? God-given opportunities given to you personally, perhaps that a minister would never, ever get, and you're speaking to someone every day. Have you invited them along to the mission in preparation for a great harvest? 
the maidens, each one, the laborers that all their work, their part to play, but overseeing it all is the Lord. First Corinthians 3, 6 through 10, you can turn over or note it down if you wish. Every believer has their role to play, but the Lord is over it all. We're reminded there of the words of Paul, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth, he that watereth are one, and every man shall re receive his own reward according to his own labor. But we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building, according to the grace of God which is given unto me. I have laid the foundation, and all their buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth there upon. Chapter 3 of Ruth, the young maidens, the servants, the workers, they all disappear. The work is left exclusively then to the master, the Lord of the harvest. In Matthew 3 and 12, we, we read of the, the Savior who, who, whose, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Spiritually, the threshing floor is likened to judgment. And this is the work of Christ himself. Brethren and sisters, tonight we ought not to forget the work here in Hebrew and the work in Ochnacloy, the Lord's work across this land. Oh yes, we talk about our church and our work, and, but ultimately it's the Lord's work. It's the Lord's work. And there are bright days ahead for the Lord's work. He has promised, he has said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We read here in our text tonight, for in due season we shall reap a promised harvest. The exhortation Paul gives, the occasion he notes, but see also with me the precondition Paul presents. If we faint not. Here we have the precondition. Those words, if we faint not, can also be rendered if we are read in this way, if we do not lose heart. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Oh yes, there are those who are found hating Paul's exhortation and looking to the Lord for, for that occasion, being aware of this precondition, if we faint not. However, sadly, I fear that there are those who, despite this, clear, this very clear precondition, if we faint not, they've lost heart. Lost heart. Fainted in the work of God and the witness of God. I know how easy it is, even at this time of the year, when we're giving thanks to the Lord for all that He has done, but yet on the other hand, we have lost heart. How easy it is to lose heart. Fainted in the work and witness of God. Brethren and sisters, there's nothing more dangerous in the world than losing heart. Fainting. For those who have died and departed this scene of time, having lost heart, having fainted, having given up. Oh, there are many reasons that can cause this to happen in the life of the believer. Oh, yes, it's a cliche for sure, but how true it is, it's not how we start, but how we finish that is important. It is most, a most difficult thing to finish well. Oh, it's easy whenever we're saved and, and just newly saved to, to be all excited and thrilled within ourselves. The blessing of God is resting upon us. We just know that we have been plucked, as it were, from that brand, from the burning. We've been gloriously saved. We've been converted. But then as we go on and the pressures and all these difficulties come in upon us, it's how easy. Circumstances, family circumstances, it's easy to lose heart. Even the life of the Christian Difficult to finish well. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 were exhorted, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work, no device, nor knowledge, 
nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. One writer has said, weariness has the sense of being probable, but losing, but fainting or losing heart is not optional. If you are to see a work done, if I am to see a work done in the corner of the vineyard in which I am labored, if you're to see a work done here in Ballymoney, we're to keep looking to Christ and living in the light of His glorious salvation. The work of God starts within, within the hearts of God's people. And folks, tonight we ought to let nothing or no one hold us back in the service of God. Even in these days when there can be so much to discourage us at times, perhaps we embark upon something new. It's, all, it's almost inevitable that we make mistakes. When you commence something new, you do something you've never done before. And this happens for, for various reasons. However, whenever we start something, we ought to, yes, we all strive usually to start how we mean to go on. We want to be the best we can be. We, ought to, we want to do the best we can do. But, you know, there's something of greater importance in how we start, and it's this is how we finish. We ought to desire to finish well. I know it's this preacher's desire to finish well. It's my only desire as we leave this scene of time, whenever that may be, to have finished well. Tell me, is that your heart's desire tonight? Maybe my asking of you this question causes you to, 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 to speak of this or that or the other one or some other person. It causes you to think of somebody else and, and what they need to do, what they need to change in their life. No, we need to look within. We need to consider ourselves before God. We need to consider how we are living before God. Have we that desire to go on with Him? Or are we found fainting tonight? Oh, you know, at our very best, we're only sinners saved by grace. You think of Peter, he, he was going to do this, that, and the other thing. You think of the disciples, and when the Lord needed them, they forsook Him and fled. Only sinners saved by grace. We think of the athlete as he runs in Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, wherefore, saying we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Consider him Consider Christ that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your own, in your minds. Oh, we're surprised sometimes when the difficulties come as believers, when we let others down or others let us down. Oh, but may God help us tonight and in the days of head to be found faithfully following after Christ. May grant us the grace to finish well in the words of this text, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. But as we conclude tonight, what about you in this meeting are not saved? Maybe you've mastered the art of doing good. If there's someone in need in this area, you're the first one on the ground to help. If there's an issue arises, some difficulty, you're there. The one you can be relied upon, one that can be rested upon in the most difficult of days, but sadly you believe your good works will save you. Well, I remind you tonight on the authority of God's word, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing and regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Ghost and you know, if you're ever going to be saved tonight, you need to repent of your sin and trust alone in Christ for salvation. Or else you'll be forever lost in that dreadful place called hell and that for all eternity. Oh, the day of reaping is coming. God's forgotten law of the harvest that will be found one day to be true. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. 
Tell me, will you not get right with God tonight? Even as the choir was singing, will you not bow the knee this evening? Will you not cry on to him for his cleansing in the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanseth from all sin? I trust tonight the Lord will grant you the grace to come. If I can be of any spiritual help to you this evening, don't rush away. I'm here, I'm your servant for Christ's sake. But you know, even at this harvest time, even as the church commences a mission in this area, why wait to the first night? Why wait to the middle of the week? Surely now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Just hand over to Mr. Park again. Thank you. Thank the Lord's servant for the message and he's given us much to think about and I trust that our hearts will be stirred and we'll think about the promises of God and know how to plead them in these days coming up to the mission. I'm thinking tomorrow morning as we come to pray and I would love to see at the prayer meeting that this is a passage of scripture we could really pray over as we seek the Lord tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. So thank you brother for the message. Thank you for the challenge and we talked about the unconverted and asked you, where do you stand with the Lord? Maybe you're not saved. And the Lord's been working in your heart. He's been speaking to you. You don't need to wait till the mission to be saved. There's a sense in which the mission could be too late for you in many ways. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry while on others that were calling. Do not pass Bye.
Father, we thank you for the harvest. We thank you for this meeting tonight. Thank you for the message that has been brought and for this passage of Scripture that we know so well. But, Lord, let not the familiarity of what we've read tonight and listened to take away in any fashion from the burden and the challenge that we ought to feel. We pray that God will open our eyes to see and touch our hearts to know the move of God in our hearts and lives. We pray that you'll bless this weekend, bless the preaching of your word. Remember the mission as it commences and continues. Come down and meet with us every single night. Be one of our number. Remember the unconverted, bring them in. Remember those that are here tonight not saved. While on others that were calling, do not pass them by. But may they see Christ come to know him. Accept our thanks for the good things provided. Bless them to us now. Separate us with your blessing and take us home safely for Christ's sake. Amen. And amen. I think the, the tea's ready and the apple tart's ready and whatever else is there. So we'll go to the door and you can go on down the corridor and get something to eat if you're able to stay. Thank you. <laughs>